This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. For this Sunday, I have a continuation of something I started several months ago and then kind of neglected to continue, partially because of the length of the next chapter in the work, and that is a continuation of the work of The Reign of Antichrist by Monsignor R. Gerald Culleton, a priest who wrote a book more than a century ago on what the times and reign of Antichrist would look like. I don't have the full next chapter here because I suspect that would take more than an hour of your time. And given that it's a Sunday, I would expect you're listening to this on your way to Mass or on your way home from Mass, if, I, if my suspicion is correct. So here we have just the first part of the next chapter, where the priest goes into the prophecies of the Antichrist as they come from the Old Testament. And really what you're hearing is, in an oddly timely way, something relevant to a story that is by now slightly old news, but I have chosen really not to cover, and that's the story of Bishop Barron and his weird remarks about Elias being fired by God for what he did to the priests of Baal. You'll see here that, that, was, that his comments are nonsensical, but that story does play directly into the account of the man of sin and the times that lead to the man of sin. So here you have prophecy from the Old Testament. And this work here begins in just a moment with a reference to why he's using the douay Rheims Bible and not a, another Protestant Bible, which of course makes sense because he's a Catholic priest. But remember that the douay Rheims was a papally approved translation of the Bible. And so here, Father Culleton gives us an example, gives us an explanation for why we, as traditional Catholics in the English-speaking world, prefer the Douay over other translations. Prophetic text from the Bible on the reign of Antichrist by Monsignor Culleton. We have used the Old Testament scriptures as they exist in English in the Douay version. This is the translation in common use among Catholics and the only complete Bible in the English language. It is translated from the Latin Vulgate in comparison with the Hebrew and Greek texts as they were recognized in A.D. 1582. This version has several advantages. First, it is a translation of the whole canonical Old Testament. The non-Catholic versions leave out several books and parts of books. The Protestant divines chose to admit as sacred only those books which the elder brother leaders, who refused to accept Christ, decided to retain in their scripture. This selection was made by their teachers not earlier than 200 years after the birth of Christ, therefore long after their faith had ceased to be guided by the Holy Ghost, as the true religion must be guided, and by a group of men without authority, even under the Mosaic law. Priests, prophets, and kings and not teachers represented Jehovah in the old dispensation. Modern of their authors readily admit that the teachers of the early Christian times repudiated or reinterpreted all of the ancient literature which could be produced in support of the claim of Christ, himself one of them, the last of the tr true ones of them, and the one who from the beginning of the time was destined to turn their faith into a religion for all men of good will, and not just for one particular people of the flesh, irrespective of the will, good or otherwise, of the members of that group. Second, the Douay version has the approval of the successor of St. Peter and all the bishops of the Church Universal, 
whereas the chief and basic Protestant Bible content, contents itself with the approval of King James of England and the Parliament of that nation. As is evident even to the most superficial students of sacred scripture, there is nothing in the Bible, or elsewhere, except the laws made by the Englishman, that gives an English or any other king or any civil government any right whatever over the word of God. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Whatsoever thou shalt bind shall be bound." These words refer to apostles and their successors exactly as they were spoken to Peter alone, or Peter withal. Kings, princes, and dead limbs cut off into the national or autonomous churches have no authority over God's word, and much less as each man just because he happens to be born. Third, the Vulgate from which the Douay derives not only resulted from manuscripts hundreds of years older than those used by King James's men, but derived from a canon, sacred script, list of sacred books, which the whole church for 1,600 years before Luther held to be sacred. In fact, the Septuagint Greek Bible, the Bible used by Greek-speaking members of our elder brothers and gotten together long before Christ when no one had an axe to grind, is the true index to the books which the pre-Christian faithful and all the first Christians held sacred. The Septuagint had the same books as the Vulgate, and in fact it was used as a guide by the translators of the Vulgate 1,200 years before the first Protestant was born, and just about the time that those teachers were deciding that they wanted no part of some of the texts their ancestors had venerated. For these, then, and many other reasons, we use the Douay version, considering the King James and its filial versions fit reading for a study of the English language, but not for an impartial survey of the Word of God. While it would have made this book much shorter to have given only the scriptural references, letting each one go to his own Bible, we reproduce the text here to save time for our readers. And so that standing alone and in the usual paragraph form, they may be more easily integrated with each other and with private prophecies. Antichrist in Genesis on Henoch. And Jared lived 162 years and begot Henoch. And Henoch lived sixty-five years, and begot Methuselah. And Henoch walked with God, and lived after he begot Methuselah three hundred years, and begot sons and daughters. And all the days of Henoch were three hundred and sixty-five years. And he walked with God, and was seen no more, because God took him. The following is of Antichrist being from the tribe of Dan. Dan shall judge his people like another tribe in Israel. Let Dan be a snake in the way, a serpent in the path, that biteth the horse's heel, that his rider may fall backward. From Deuteronomy on the false prophets. If there rise in the midst of thee a prophet or one that saith he hath dreamed a dream, and he foretell a sign and a wonder, and that come to pass which he spoke, and he say to thee, Let us go and follow strange gods, which thou knowest not, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hear the words of that prophet or dreamer. For the Lord your God trieth you, that it may appear whether you love him with all your heart and with all your soul, or not. See Deuteronomy chapter 13, verses 1 to 3. From Third Kings. Chapter 17 to 19 and chapter 21 to 17 to 29 recount at length the story of Elias the prophet and his dealings with Ahab the king of Israel. While reading of this part of the Bible is essential for a life of the prophet, there is little or nothing to be found there concerning the role he is to play in the last days. Subsequent students, however, may have remembered the following words when they dealt with the end of time. And the word of the Lord said to Elias, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord, overthrowing the mountains and breaking the rocks in pieces. The Lord is not the wind, and after the wind an earthquake. The Lord is not in the earthquake, 
and after the earthquake a fire. The Lord is not in the fire, and after the fire a whistling of the gentle air. And when Elias heard it, he covered his face with his mantle, and coming forth stood in the entering in of the cave, and behold a voice unto him, saying, What dost thou hear, Elias? And he answered, With zeal have I been zealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken the covenant. They have destroyed thy altars, they have slain thy prophets with the sword, and I alone am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, Go and return on their way through the desert to Damascus. And when thou art come thither, thou shalt anoint Hazael to be king over Syria, and thou shalt anoint Shehu the son of Namsi to be king over Israel and Elysius the son of Saphat over Abelmoah, thou shalt anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that whoever shall escape the sword of Hazael shall be slain by Jehu, and whosoever shall escape the sword of Jehu shall be slain by Elysius. And I will leave me seven thousand men in Israel, whose knees have not been bowed before Baal, and every mouth that hath not worshipped him. See chapter 19, verses 9 to 18. Because he hath humbled himself for my sake, I will not bring evil in his days, but in his son's days will I bring the evil upon his house. See chapter 21, verse 29. From 4th Kings. Chapter 1 continues the life of Elias under the son and successor of Ahab, and does not enlighten us on the prophet's eschatological role. But the following is, of course, important. And it came to, a, to pass, when the Lord would take up Elias into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elias and Elysius were going from Galgal. And Elias said to Eliseus, Stay thou here, because the Lord hath sent me as far as Bethel. And Eliseus said to him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And when they were come down to Bethel, the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Eliseus and said to him, Dost thou know that this day the Lord will take away thy master from thee? And he answered, I also know it. Hold your peace. And Elias said to Elysius, Stay here, because the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, Also the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And when they were come to Jericho, the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elysius and said to him, Dost thou know that this day the Lord will take away thy master from thee? And he said, I also know it. Hold your peace. And Elias said to him, Stay here, because the Lord hath sent me as far as the Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they two went on together, and fifty men of the sons of the prophets followed them and stood in sight of a distance, but they stood together by the Jordan. And Elias took his mantle and folded it together and struck the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, and they both passed over dry ground. And when they were gone over, Elias said to Elysius, Ask what thou wilt, have me to do for thee, and before I take away from thee. And Elias said, I will beseech thee that in me may be thy double spirit. And he answered, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, thou shalt have what thou hast asked. But if thou see me, thou shalt not have it. And as they went on walking and talking together, behold, a fiery chariot and fiery horses parted them asunder. And Elias went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elysius saw him and cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the driver thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own garments and rent them in two pieces. And he took up the mantle of Elias that fell from him, and going back he stood upon the bank of the Jordan, and he struck the waters with the mantle of Elias that had fallen from him, and they were not divided. And he said, Where is now the God of Elias? And he struck the waters as they were divided, hither and thither, and Elysius passed over. 
And the sons of the prophets of Jericho, who were over against him, seeing it said, The spirit of Elias hath rested upon Elysius. Coming to meet him, they worshipped him, falling to the ground. Ecclesiasticus or Bansarach. This book written about 275 years before Christ is the first known to us which speaks of future roles, assigned to the prophets Henoch and Elias. The author, however, is not and does not claim to be a prophet. He merely sets down the commonly held teaching of our elder brothers of his time. Henoch pleased God and was translated into paradise, that he may give repentance to the nations. See chapter 44, verse 16. No man was born upon earth like Henoch, for he also was taken up from the earth. Chapter 49, verse 16. And Elias the prophet stood up as a fire, and his sword built like a torch. He brought a famine upon them, and they that provoked him in their envy were reduced to a small number, for they could not endure the commandments of the Lord. But the word of the Lord he shut up the heaven, and brought down fire from heaven thrice. Thus was Elias magnified in his wondrous works. And who can glory like to thee, who raisest up a dead man from below, from the lot of death, by the word of the Lord God, who brought us down kings to destruction, and brokest easily their power in pieces, and the glorious from their bed, who heardest judgment in Sinai, and the horror of the judgments of vengeance, who anointest kings to penance, and madest prophets successors after thee, who wast taken up in a whirlwind of fire, and a chariot of fiery horses, who art registered in the judgments of times to appease the wrath of the Lord, to reconcile the heart of the Father to the Son, and to restore the tribes of Jacob. Blessed are they that saw thee, and were honored with thy friendship, for we live only in our life, but after death our name shall not be such. Elias was indeed covered with the whirlwind, and his spirit was filled in Elysius. See chapter 48, verses 1 to 13. In the book of Isaiah. In our former book on prophecy, number 8 contains extracts descriptive of the confusion of the later days, but also a section on the eventual universal peace and unity of faith. There follows here words that have yet to be completely fulfilled. In fact, Ecclesiasticus, chapter 48, verses 26 and 27, says that Isaiah foresaw the things that would come to pass at last. The noise of a multitude in the mountains, as it were of many people, the noise of the sound of kings, of nations, gathered together. The Lord of hosts hath given charge to the troops of war. To them that come from a country afar off, from the end of heaven, the Lord and the instruments of his wrath, to destroy the whole land. How will ye, for the day of the Lord is near? It shall come as a destruction from the Lord. Therefore shall all hands be faint, and every heart of man shall melt, and shall be broken. Grippings and pain shall take hold of them. They shall be in pain as a woman in labor. Every one shall be amazed at his neighbor. Their countenances shall be as faces burnt. Behold, the day of the Lord shall come, a cruel day, in full of indignation and of wrath and of fury, to lay the land desolate and destroy the sinners thereof, out of it. For the stars of heaven and their brightness shall not display their light. The sun shall be darkened in his rising. The moon shall, moon shall not shine with her light. And I will visit the evils of the world, and against the wicked for their iniquity, and I will make the pride of infidels to cease. It will bring down the arrogancy of the mighty. Hell below, man, in an uproar to meet thee at thy coming. It stirred up the giants for thee. All the princes of the earth are risen up from their thrones, all the princes of nations. All shall answer and say to thee, Thou also art wounded as well as we. Thou art become like unto us. Thy pride is brought down to hell. Thy carcass is fallen down. Under thee shall the moth be strewn, and the worm shall be covered. How art thou falling from heaven, O Lucifer, who didst rise in the morning? How art thou falling to earth? 
Thou didst wound the nations, and thou saidst with thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit in the mountain of the covenant, in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the height of the clouds. I will be like the most high, but yet thou shalt be brought down to thee into the depth of the pit. They that shall see thee shall turn toward thee, and behold thee. Is this the man that troubled the earth, that shook kingdoms, that made the world a wilderness, and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the prison to his prisoners? All the kinds of the nations have all of them slept in glory, every one in their own house. But thou art cast out of the grave as an unprofitable branch defiled and wrapped up among them, that were slain by the sword, and art gotten down from the bottom of the pit as a rotted carcass. In the book of Ezekiel, prophecy 11, like 9 mentioned above, deals with false prophets and chastisements. There follows the extensive extracts whence has flowed the subsequent literature on Gog and Magog. Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Mosach and Thubal, and prophecy of him, and say to him, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I come against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Mosach and Thubal. For many days thou shalt be visited, at the end of years thou shalt come to the land that is returned from the sword, and is gathered out of many nations, to the mountains of Israel, which have been continually waste. But it, but it hath been brought forth out of the nations, and they shall all of them dwell securely in it. And thou shalt go up and come like a storm, and like a cloud to cover the land, thou and all thy bands, and many people with thee. Thus saith the Lord God, In that day projects shall enter into thy heart, and thou shalt conceive a mischievous design. And thou shalt say, I will go up to the land which is without a wall. I will come to them that are at the rest and dwell securely. All these dwell without a wall. They have no bars nor gates. To take spoils and lay hold on the prey. To lay thy hand upon them that have been wasted and afterwards restored. And upon the people that is gathered out of the nations which hath begun to possess and dwell in the midst of the earth. Saba and Dadan, the merchants of Theris. And all the lions thereof shall say to thee, Art thou to take spoils? Behold, thou hast gathered thy multitude to take a prey, to take silver and gold, and to carry away goods and substance, and to take rich spoils. Therefore, thou son of man, prophesy and say to Gog, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou shalt not know in the day when my people of Israel shall dwell securely, and thou shalt come out of thy place from the northern parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company and a mighty army. And thou shalt come upon my people of Israel like a cloud to cover the earth. Thou shalt be in the latter days, and I will bring thee upon my land, that the nations may know me, when I shall be sanctified in thee, O Gog, before their eyes. Thus saith the Lord God, Thou then art he of whom I have spoken in the days of old, by my servants the prophets of Israel, who prophesied in the days of those times, that I would bring thee upon them. And it shall come to pass in that day, in the day of the coming of Gog upon the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my indignation shall come up in my wrath, and I have spoken in my zeal and in the fire of my anger, that in that day there shall be a great commotion upon the land of Israel, so that the fishes of the sea and the birds of the air and the beasts of the field and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the ground and all men that are upon the face of the earth shall be moved by my presence, and the mountains shall be thrown down, and the hedges shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground, and I will call in the sword against him in all my mountains, saith the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be pointed against his brother, 
and I will judge him with the pestilence, and with blood, and with violent rain, and vast hailstones. I will cast fire and brimstone upon him, and upon his army, and upon the many nations that are with him. And I will be magnified, and I will be sanctified, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord. And thou, son of man, prophesy against Gog, and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I come against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Mosk and Thubal, and I will turn up thee round, and I will lead thee out, and I will make thee go up from the northern parts, and I will bring thee upon the mountains of Israel, and I will break thy bow in thy left hand, and I will cause thy arrows to fall out of thy right hand. Thou shalt fall upon the mountain of Israel, thou and all thy bands and thy nations that are with thee. I have given thee to the wild beasts, to the birds and to every fowl, and to the beasts of the earth to be devoured. Thou shalt fall upon the face of the field, for I have spoken it, saith the Lord God. And I will send a fire on Magog, and on them that dwell confidently in the islands, and they shall know that I am the Lord. And I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people of Israel. My holy name shall be profaned no more. And the Gentiles shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will give Gog a noted place for sepulchre in Israel, the valley of the passengers on the east of the sea, which shall cause astonishment in them that pass by. And there shall they bury Gog and all his multitude, and it shall be called the valley of the multitude of Gog. And all the people of the land shall bury him, and it shall be unto them a noted day, wherein I was glorified, saith the Lord. And I will set my glory among the nations, and all the nations shall see my judgment that I have executed, and my hand that I have laid upon them. And the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God, and from that day forward... And that was a lot of scriptural quoting, <laughs> a lot of scriptural quoting. And that is only about the first 10 or so pages of a almost 40 page chapter. I will try to bring the next sec the next portion of that chapter sooner rather than later. Keep this in my um, my circulation because now I have um, some classic more than century old books in my possession about the man of sin and the false prophet and the decline of Christian civilization, which I know as weekend materials go, you will be interested in hearing. So I hope you found this helpful today. Let me know in the comments what you thought of this, please. Thanks to the patrons who make it so I have the resources to buy all these old books that I can then bring to your attention. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.